0: Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Weber, and I am joined by... Andy Germiuga.
1: Emilio Diaz. Yes.
0: And not Cullen Ashley, who is presumably asleep.
1: <laughs> we love you, Cullen. Tell me if you heard that one before. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I think... <laughs> Cullen might join us later got, is
2: basically what the gist of it is if he, uh, if he ever wakes up, so, um, but yeah, but, yeah. Uh, If he
0: ever wakes up, I
2: think I he'll mean, wake yes.
0: up, I, I hope he wakes up at some point. <laughs>
2: S- certainly. Don't, 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 don't twist my words and think that I was implying otherwise. Um, Jesse, what do we got on the docket for today?
0: I think we've got a little bit of news to talk about, and then we're gonna talk about the Five Bloods, and then... There may be a King of Staten Island segment recorded with Andy and Cullen either later today or tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah.
1: We might finally ask them I- to pull their weight. <laughs> what? What's this? You me. What is you this confrontation? You heard I didn't me. ask for this. You listened to the dispatch? Where were you? You're in I have not listened
2: thing. to the dispatch yet. Mm. i meant to but i haven't all I well i've heard i've heard the interview i haven't heard um uh jesse's dispatch yet uh, but i'm excited oh to check boy it out is soon. it good
1: likely story
2: yeah uh, to, uh if you're confused as to what we're talking about check your podcast feeds one episode earlier um please make sure the the meta text refers to it being an updated fixed audio version of the episode uh, and check out a really cool interview Emilio did with uh, Marnie Ellen Hertzler, and also Jesse talking about movies that he has seen so far at Maryland Film Festival. More to come yep. on that front. In the yeah,
0: in... there will be a second dispatch uh, early next week, probably Monday, maybe even over the weekend. We'll see. We will. Um. Yeah.
1: What's some of the news we want to get to? Should we start
0: with those? (laughs) Well, there were a couple of trailers that you guys have seen.
2: Sure.
1: Um, You take the lead, Andy.
2: Great, I will. Uh, So, two uh, big trailers for um, Sundance movies uh, came out uh, both on the same day. Uh, One was IFC uh, has released a trailer for The Nest uh the sean durkin right durkin is the last name right yes, yes. That's movie correct
0: which they claim will be coming
2: out on september yes. 18th which, or 19th yeah.
0: whichever one of those is, is a friday right
2: um in theaters yes starring uh carrie coon and jude law um that was the first one that came out i do want to just say ifc please don't just post square trailers on Twitter and then not have links easily available to the regular look of the trailer, because it's very frustrating to watch a square tra- trailer on because it's the only version that you can find. Um, Andy, don't
0: uh, endanger our potential acquisition.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> With, right. Uh, uh, that said, IFC, if you want to hire me to pay you to tell to pay me to tell you that, I am certainly open to negotiations. Um. Other than that, the trailer I think left me a little cold. It, I mean, it it, it very clearly seems like a movie that is not easy to cut a trailer uh, for because it seems like it's a lot about like ennui and like cold, meaningful looks at each other and and whatnot. Um, it's a uh, you know Carrie Coon and Jude Law are playing like an older like or like a middle aged like wealthy couple. It seems like. Uh, who are having marital problems this is basically what i can gather and like he is like trying to fix it and he, i guess he makes like a it seems like he like he makes a big purchase of like a estate in england or something uh and uh does not find that that is the route to happiness is my impression from the trailer um it yeah I, I it doesn't look super dynamic or exciting to me but again i think it it, it just very clearly seems like a movie that is um not easy to cut a trailer for. Um, and I would also say, I've heard that that movie, I think, has been polarizing. It's, like, very much yeah. love it or, or hate it. Um, I have seen some people who were like, yes, that's the worst thing I saw at Sundance. And then also people who were like, oh, no, that's the best thing I saw at Sundance. So um, mm-hmm. definitely one that I am still interested in seeing, even if the trailer doesn't do a whole lot for me.
1: Yeah, I think... I think it pulls a, a very modern, like, hard-to-cut-a-trailer-for-this-kind-of-movie for, uh, for this kind of movie move, which is just, like, the standard, well, it's just a bunch of shots of people whispering and quiet domestic drama, and now it's building, and the music is building, and the drama right. is exc- escalating a and, little and, more. Right. And, and then, look at all and these and quotes just, of like, raves
2: from Sundance, and yeah.
1: yeah. Because, and then it's just, like, I got, dude law blows up, and then the music swells, and then it's just, done ass which it's like makes it seem i think a little more generic than i hope the movie is i'm still excited for it uh carrie coon what's not to love?
2: i mean yeah i've never i have never seen a bad carrie coon performance certainly Mm -hmm. yes i am including avengers infinity war
0: sure gotta hurt the Uh, dark yeah and martha may see me marlene is uh a, uh, incredible movie so. yeah a I haven't one.
2: seen that one yet I guess yeah. you should, should, should check check it out uh, in the next couple months
0: good flick some would say yeah. it's a good flick we could do a good old just talking ooh, about ooh, an old movie uh,
2: sure in, yeah in the, in the vein of our beach rats segment um, yeah.
0: synonyms
2: sure uh, anything Can else to say about the nest anyone
1: I have Great. nothing more to say. Seems like it's a good movie, but the trailer is unexciting. Yes.
2: Um, the other trailer uh, was for um, Palm Springs, the uh, Andy Samberg, Chris Miliati movie, which is, I do not have the director and writer offhand, excuse me while I pull those up. I apologize for being such an unprofessional podcaster. Uh, written by Andy Ciara, and Max uh Barbacow and directed by Max Barbacow. Uh, and apologies again if I'm mispronouncing those names. Um, that one uh, seems also like to be kind of a standard like Sundance comedy um, trailer, I would say, in that it's like really hitting the wackiness and like the the like it's like a little bit effects on a on an indie budget. And, like, it, it hits those aspects pretty hard. Um, I thought that one looked like a goofy, fun time. Um, I It looks like um, Chris Emiliati is, like, the full lead of the movie, which is exciting to me. I know I have expressed my excitement about uh, it as a potential breakout for her in previous episodes. Um, but, yeah, it looks like a fun time. You got um, J.K. Simmons in there. Uh, you've got... Uh, it looks like some good gags. You know, it's it's very clearly, like... Doing a lot of like the groundhog day beats and that it is a groundhog day premise um uh but i you know that's a good movie that's a pretty solid premise like why, why not take it and run with it in a different direction so
0: does that is is if kristen miliotti is the lead is andy sandberg the andy mcdowell then
1: no, they, no i mean i don't know how guarded people are about oh, it right. but like yes, within the con- they, they're both time looming
2: Right, they're both looping. It's yeah, it's it's just that like it's told from her perspective and that it seems like he's been doing it f- for longer and then she gets sucked in and he like has yeah. to show her the ropes. Yeah,
1: it, it's more like he's been doing it for a while and then she comes in and has a new perspective on it, I guess. She's more of the like center of what the movie is doing.
0: Okay. So then uh uh he is the Bill Nye and she is the Donald Gleason.
2: Sure. Although I have not seen About Time, which you are referencing,
1: <laughs> also have not seen About Time. That's a decent. I've
2: movie. heard it's charming, and that mov- Yeah, and
0: Palm Springs is coming out on July tenth, right? Uh,
2: on Hulu and, and in drive-ins.
0: Yes, I have bugged my drive-in about potentially playing it as, yeah. as my want to do.
2: It looks like a fun drive-in movie, I would say. Like it's yeah.
0: yeah. See a double feature of palm springs and
2: trolls world tour sure. yeah
1: hey sometimes those trolls tour the world
2: or some ifc horror movie that no one has ever heard of but yeah basically my way of
0: synthesizing these trailer reactions and the reviews out of sundance is that they they may be kind of a Sundance comedy, and a Sundance drama, but mm-hmm. based on reviews, we're looking at maybe the best versions of those two things.
1: They seem well-performed. They have yeah. good stars, and they seem to be doing well in them. Everybody performing to the peak of their ability Yeah. Just what you want to see.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, talk about, a, yeah, talk about a foursome I'd like to spend time with. Jude Law, Carrie no. Coon, Chris Milioti, and Jude Law, and uh, Andy Samberg it would be a good time.
1: Top yeah. tier white. Any other news we want to get into? <laughs> We've
0: got the dumbass awards shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. Even more dumbass than usual awards
2: shit. Great. Love love your perspective on this, Jesse. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yes to to you
0: don't agree that it is even more dumbass than usual award. I, I
2: think we have a very different baseline of how dumbass awards shit is. Sure.
0: Um, yes, <laughs> we do, but given those differing baselines, I think you can
2: agree with me. I, certainly it is it is a move that I am not as excited by as as many other moves that uh to to stop uh dancing around what we're talking about if you haven't heard uh the um uh, academy of motion picture arts and sciences uh who run the oscars uh there was a it, it came out that w- it came well it came, first it came out like a, a week ago that they are expanding permanently the best picture slate to 10 which is something i think yes, we that's can applaud good. um yeah I don't know about applaud. It's good. Sure. <laughs> Let's get into the semantics of that at a later date. Um, uh, then uh, also they said they are instituting some, uh, some sort of board to look into the possibility of like um, diversity mandates, I think is what the language they used. Something along those lines of like trying to ensure that the movies that they are awarding is a more reflective lineup of the world's going forward. And whether that will, like, have any effects or not is, like, definitely TBD. Like, I'm not... Certainly not out here being, like, they fixed it. Um, uh, but it is something that they're looking at, which, uh, I think is, you know, potentially a step in the right direction if they do it well. Um, then, this week, they... it had been rumored that they were looking at delaying things, and they came out and fully announced that, yes, they are delaying the Oscars, um... What did they what what was the new date? it was supposed was to be it like April twenty. Yeah, it was supposed to, it was like three months. Uh and they have also delayed the eligibility deadline um to the end of February, I believe. And, be- and
0: then the right. chicken shit, BAFTAs and Indie Spirit Awards were like, Oh, I guess we've gotta do right. it. Right. So yes,
2: the the fallout was that because the Oscars are like the temple of award season and like everything that happens in awards season is around them typically or or... the
0: indie spirit awards there's independent movies coming out there's no reason they shouldn't happen in february
2: right i mean but the thing about the indie Hmm. spirits is that they're always the day before the oscars right like that's just like when they when they are like like their scheduling has a long like noted Mm -hmm. like relationship with when the Oscars are.
1: Yeah, I mean, my take generally on this whole thing, I don't know how this is, uh, how this affects what the Indie Spirits and the Bastards are doing, but I feel like delaying the show is fine. If they need more time, they are just like, need more of a buffer to see how live events are going to work out, then that's a fine enough thing to plan out for. Just delay your stuff. I think the eligibility window thing that the Oscars Mm -hmm. did is very dumb. I don't know why we need extra months for movies to come out that just seems like
0: yeah like what is gonna happen between the beginning of january and the end of february which is kind of my same take on i i see your point about emilio about how it makes sense to delay a live event it feels to me that especially if you were not also delaying the eligibility period now. That is something that has to be done early. Delaying the Oscars feels like you could wait, just because, like, at this point, kind of the same thing I said, like, what is the difference between February 2nd and April 28th? Yes, I do think,
2: yeah, the the main problem, in addition to there being like a lot of movies right now that are good and like worth awarding uh that are maybe a little bit untraditional for like Oscars and w- and whatever but like they could do it like um the uh the um yes i agree that like the what why why is this timeline like what is why are we more optimistic about this timeline than the other timeline is like the big question i have is like what is going to be different in april like what is it just saying? Like oh, there's a I guess there's a how like a ten percent more chance that like we're, things are fixed by then or whatever. Like I don't know I like I don't know what sort of calculus went into it, um, but it's um, it yeah that that sort of like move of like well will it'll be fixed by then does seem like a little naive to me. But also I mean as someone who like also like does. Has has been in and around institutions that are like grappling with like how are we handling live events and what are what are we announcing and stuff. There, I understand there's like a very like they don't want to announce things until they have certainty and there's certainty is in a low supply right now. So I guess just making like a big move. Uh, that is somewhat arbitrary with like the understanding that maybe they'll change it like they wouldn't want to put out an announcement that's like we're doing it this way and but like if things are like this in january or whatever we'll delay it again or whatever like they wouldn't want to put that out in their announcement i would understand that if that was something that like they were batting around of like changing it again um if if things aren't looking different at by a certain point but um yeah I, i mean that's that's what i have to say about that
0: Alright, well, I think we've taken care of news and we're gonna take a little break, and then we will be joined by Cullen Ashley to talk about the King of Staten Island and the Five Bloods. Sure. I can give you my all in one hot package. Alright, so before we get into the movies, we do have a couple more things to talk about, and both of them are some combination of the words hot, virtual, can, and package. So if that doesn't get you excited, I can't imagine Those Yes, no
2: words get our motors running over here on Can I Kick It More. Than hot virtual can and package
1: yep i i'm hot jesse's virtual andy's can colin's package
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes please please uh please incorporate that into your fan art about us um mm-hmm. uh yeah so we what we're making fun of right now is the uh wording the the phraseology that uh Mike Fleming is using in his deadline write-ups of uh, new movies that are being announced as part of the the virtual marketplace they're doing instead of having actual can this year. Uh, who would like to talk about those movies? I can talk about the James Gray
0: movie, which we heard about a couple days ago. This is the hot virtual can package Armageddon Time, which I think we may have mentioned because it came up in a sort of spurt of Kate Blanchett news that I think we talked about, that she had been cast in this movie, but she has now been joined by Robert De Niro, Oscar Isaac, Donald Sutherland, and Anne Hathaway. And this is a movie that James Gray has written based on his, ta- his childhood and his time in school, I believe he went to the same school that our current president went to. Uh, yeah,
2: he
0: specifically
2: cites growing up in the pre Reagan Reagan era, which I think mm-hmm. is suggests an interesting like political sort of sociological uh, lens mm-hmm. through which he's viewing this movie, yeah. which sounds very cool, especially with those cast members attached. I like. Are- all, all those people fairly well.
1: I enjoy how aggro the title is. <laughs> yeah, Armageddon Time. The story about a, a seeming coming of age story about a kid in private school called Armageddon Time seems weirdly right. fitting, actually. Right.
2: I guess he, there's no indication as to like who these people are playing since it's set in a school.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's presumably based on like him as a child, kind of. But there's no children cast. It's just the adults so who knows what lens the movie might take seems good i like james gray all of the movies i've watched of his are good
0: i would definitely watch a movie with all of these people just playing teachers if that's what the deal is going to be but you could imagine perhaps uh parents as well yeah. Those are kind of the options when you're talking about a yeah. a school scory teacher. I mean, yeah. Parents. The other the other possibility Principal. is
2: De Niro now refuses to be in a movie without Irishman tech and he's playing one of the students. That's true.
0: That is a serious we've possibility. Now we've now hit all three of the elements of the Alliance, the parents, the teachers, and the students.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: We'll will run a hell of a bake sale for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would definitely go to a bake sale that was run by Kate Blanchett and Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway and Oscar Isaac.
0: And Donald Sutherland.
2: Oh right, Donald Sutherland. Yeah, he he's cool too. Sounds uh, like yeah, you, sounds good. Sounds Donald yeah.
1: Sutherland takes. Sounds like you you hate his guts. What's wrong, what? with this, what's wrong with this? Andy? Sutherland.
0: Is the reason why Donald Sutherland has never been nominated for an Oscar.
1: This
2: not true. I just saw Ordinary People for the first time recently. He's excellent in it. It's a very good movie. Um, Save it for the plugs. All right, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Cullen. By the way, Cullen's here now. Um, <laughs> Pack is uh, here. <laughs> Cullen, any thoughts on this movie? I mean, yeah, like Amelia said, James
0: Grave's never really made a bad movie. I'm in. And then the, uh, now we've got a virtual can hot package, (laughs) Spencer, directed by Pablo Lorraine, star who we talked about, uh, his most recent movie, Emma, a few weeks ago, last month, whatever, uh, starring Kristen Stewart as Princess Diana. Uh, she's gotta play celebrities from all of the European countries, I guess, is her new goal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I have less to say about this one, I guess. I mean, I guess, like, if it is, like, a companion to Jackie, like, that's an interesting, like, overall project, I think, if Lorraine is, like, doing his, like, great uh, political spouses, like, trilogy or something, like, I'm into that. Um, uh, But yeah, I, I mean, Kristen Stewart's uh, good uh, and is uh, often good in movies with good directors, and Pablo Lorraine is a good director.
0: Yep, yeah, I pretty much agree with that.
1: Yeah, though, no, I don't know, Chris Stewart certainly made it an anonymous movie or two about a famous sure. person. Oh, yeah. What do you mean?
3: JT <laughs> <laughs> Leroy and Seabird were burning up everybody's top lists. <laughs>
1: I guess I guess her and her and Portman are in similar bu- bu- places where she like they'll occasionally work with a good director, but there's a lot of like, just anonymous bullshit out there that they make. <laughs> so I'm glad she's working with somebody who makes good movies.
3: Yeah, maybe this will be her Vox Lux. A nice back, uh, jump back to Christ. form, <laughs> a good movie under her belt.
2: <laughs> How often are we going to talk about Vox Lux on this podcast? It's really ridiculous.
3: I Holy mean, Fox sucks. You guys keep trying to record without me. Uh, <laughs> every time <laughs> I'm on, I bring it up.
2: <laughs> Linda Cardellini, The Heart of Green Book. Um, all right, anything else about this movie?
1: Nope. Seems good. All I gotta say. Sure. I like Lorraine. Princess
2: Diana. What a tragedy.
1: No, it's not. I guess it's not really about her death. It's, it's sure. Yeah, I co- This right. film covered a critical weekend in the early 90s when Diana decided her marriage to Prince Charles wasn't working. Sounds good.
3: Have you guys seen that picture of Prince Charles' fingers?
0: Yes.
2: Jesus
1: Christ.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Talk <laughs> about a horror movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, what are we talking about a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I'm just saying. <laughs> Isn't that what's next?
3: <laughs> Virtual can hot package for whatever Halloween kills or something? <laughs> I don't
1: have the list in front of me. <laughs> no. no. That's, so we're, we're, we're out of hot packages. Yeah, those are the only two we're going to talk about. Okay. There, uh, there, there's some other stuff. There's like a Constance Rom-Com that was in the can, like, uh, marketplace. There's a couple of other things, but, you know, yeah. lack of interest on our part. 'Cause clearly we were selling. So they not, not
0: they they're not hot packages.
1: No. We only talk about the hottest packages on this podcast. <laughs> we should rebrand. <laughs> Please also
2: incorporate that into your yeah. fan art.
1: Yeah. And then speaking of hot packages, Pete Davidson and the King of Saturn <laughs> Island. What are you <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh my god, I hate that. A lot. <laughs>
1: What do you got? To, how did you feel about The King of Staten Island, Andy, and Colin? Andy, do you want to introduce the movie?
2: Sure. I can introduce the movie. I watched The King of Staten Island. It's a new movie that's directed by Judd Apatow, his first since Trainwreck, uh, the a- Amy Schumer uh, vehicle from, uh, was it five years ago? It's something like that. It's, it's like uh, 2015. 2015 so yeah. Yeah, yeah it's years. been a while. Um, he has been working it's fairly been consistently in TV. Um, but this is his first movie in a while. It stars Pete Davidson, uh, of, uh, Saturday Night Live and tabloid fame, I guess. Um, I uh, as, uh, Scott, uh, a, uh, Staten Island sort of loser who, um, his dad uh, was a firefighter who died, fi- and he died fighting a fire when he was a kid, and he has, uh, never really gotten it together, uh, since then. Um, you got um, you got Marisa Tomei as his mother. You got uh, Belle Powley as his uh, love interest. You got um, uh, Bill Burr as, uh, as a as a as a fella who enters his life. Um, and yeah, it's I mean it's 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 a Judd Apatow movie, right? So it's like a lot of like long scenes where it's like very clear that they were just riffing on stuff and they cut it down. Uh, it's a lot of, um, uh, you know, uh, people feeling ennui about their, ennui is my big word this week, I guess, um, uh, about about their lives and, and their choices and wondering whether they'll be able to ever have anything more. Um, I think it's pretty good. It's, you know, it's pretty charming. I am not a Davidson fan by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't quite, I am a person who still watches Saturday Night Live, but I do not tend to enjoy his bits on uh, Weekend Update. Uh, and, uh, very much, and I don't. I mean, him as a sketch performer is is less. The less said about that, the better. Um, uh, I, he he's. I don't think he's that good in the movie, but the movie plays to his strengths well enough, and like the supporting cast is is very solid. I think, especially, I really thought Marisa Tomei was terrific. I mean, it's not really news that Marisa Tomei is like one of our great actresses. Uh, especially when she's dealing in like straddling the world of uh comedy and drama but i think she's really wonderful in the movie and uh and and really holds her own in it um cullen thoughts uh
3: yeah i think i agree with you for the most part i think uh i land more on the side of pete davidson is good usually i think he's a fun cool guy with good energy and then i think the movie yeah uh, like you said plays to his strengths so i have it uh you know in a higher regard uh we should say it was gonna play south by it was gonna be one of its uh i think we talked about it uh when we did our south by preview um it was gonna be one of like the sort of headlining
2: movies um but then it was uh, gonna play tribeca which also got canceled and yeah yeah uh
3: but i think um it is an apatow movie but i think more than just like fine at its best since funny people which like i'll defend but i haven't seen in a while and like am, as days go by i'm like more ready to to defend as like a masterpiece but also afraid to watch it because i just hate stand-up culture so much that i can't imagine liking <laughs> it uh but i think like you said this like has a sort of charming energy with this pretty uh, good supporting cast. Uh, I think Bill Pally is kind of like low-key really good. Um, yeah, she's I a lot of fun her, in it. Uh, I, I don't think I'd seen her in anything before, um, but I, I was very into this performance. Um, uh, one of the friends is played by Moises Aris, who is very good, and uh, Ricky Velez, who is like right. sort of is like the leader of his friends uh and i think they've got a good energy together and it's like you know two and a half hours long almost i think it's pretty i guess like uh link letter is like the one who comes to mind when you're talking about like a sort of hangout film like it has that vibe but also it is like apatowee in its structure of how it's like the ups and downs right. of this guy like learning he needs yeah. to grow up i mean up or yeah whatever. i think about
2: like james l brooks a lot too when i think about apatow sure
3: um but also i think it's get like it's weirdly not like um or not weirdly i guess maybe they were not setting out it's definitely advertised as a comedy it's not like super funny i think but i think that it is still like really quite good
2: yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I have not seen a ton of Apatow movies. In fact, Trainwreck is the only Apatow movie I've seen in full. I've seen long segments of most of his other movies, although not any of funny people. Um uh, uh, I have seen a lot of Apatow TV, uh, and I tend to like Apatow TV a lot. Like, I watched all of Crashing, I watched most of Love, um, Freaks and Geeks is a wonderful show that I think everyone should watch, Um, to go back to the year sort of the the breakout for him. Um, he does, I think, tend to really just fall in love with his characters in a way that I I think is really uh appealing and charming. Um uh, as a person who often watches TV and movies to 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 see and connect with characters. I, I I like his sort of character-based approach to to telling stories. I think it is a little more um uh, suited towards television than for movies, which do tend to be his movies do tend to be a little overlong and a little too like in love with their with their bits uh, and and like the and yeah and the and the and the cut down improv and, and and all that stuff. um But but yeah, I think King of Staten Island is definitely if you're if you're looking for something that's sort of low key and and, and charming charming uh, and and new, uh, I think you could definitely do worse. Uh, whether that's worth the twenty dollar rental that it is right now. Uh, I, you know, maybe if you're watching it with a couple of other people, it, it would be worth it. I'm not sure. I would definitely say go out and spend your $20 on it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a pretty fun, pretty fun little movie, uh, uh, and, uh, has some, some very fun performances in it.
3: I would also say, um, you sort of, uh, touched on like how it deals with like Ennui, uh, it also maybe the first of his movies since, um... Or first of his projects since like, um, freaks and geeks, or maybe undeclared, that deals with like a very uh, certain like, uh, like a lot of his movies are are, like about rich people, (laughs) and this in the very like way is I guess like middle class is like the way to say it. Maybe that's right. Yeah, it's like a bunch of firefighters. Yeah, Yeah, and like it captures a lot, like a great sense of like suburban like, uh, dread in a way of, like, how Staten Island feels uh, to the character. and uh, We should also say, uh, in a great piece of uh, acting by way of auditioning, Maude Apatow is also in it. <laughs> she fought so She's, hard to get this yeah. role <laughs> to, All right. to only be not good in it. <laughs> She's fine. She's, like, I mean, Belle Pally has, like, an insane accent for someone right. who is, like, not American doing uh like a crazy new york accent like spe- doing a vox lock style um sure. and Matt apatow is like what are you talking about <laughs> sure
2: i guess her accent didn't really stick out to me yeah. uh i think i like i like her role in the movie a lot i think like i think the way that her relationship with uh scott pete's character i think is really well drawn um yeah yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, your mileage may vary on, on the accent, I guess. Andy, did you say that you watched the Pete Holmes show? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I was hoping we could
2: all All three seasons. <laughs> all
0: three seasons? Yeah. Well, it was one of those things where, it's like, he already good. watched,
3: uh, like, the first two and a half seasons, and then he realized if he finished it, he would get, like, his publisher's clearing house in the mail for being the only person who did it.
2: I think it's a solid show. It's like I all right. Mean, <laughs> solid something. Okay.
1: All right. Uh, I don't I know. No John
2: Mullaney plays like an asshole version of himself Is that in one episode. That's fun. <laughs> in one episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the know, other lap kiss was regularly employed? I don't know. There's I think it has a lot of a, a, a lot of good. Have you it. watched The Wrong Missy yet?
3: I have not, no. So you don't care about Lauren
2: Lapkus getting the paycheck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I will. Who's who's to say? Let's move on. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything else to say about my taste in television?
1: No. Uh, your tastes
2: speak for themselves.
1: <laughs> uh, friendship. We love to see it. Huh. The fine bloods. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Speaking of friendship,
1: Spike Lee's new film. Uh, yes. I believe we have now all watched *The Five Bloods*. Correct. Good to see. Um, released on Netflix. It concerns a group of Vietnam veterans returning to Vietnam to recover the body of their their ex squad leader and some gold that they left buried. Some actors in the movie include Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., Norm Lewis, Paul Walter Hauser, Jonathan Majors, among others. Um, it's a big war epic and has been getting a lot of very good buzz, particularly for Delroy Lindo's performance, and has been seeming it seem seemingly doing very well. Though obviously Netflix does not release numbers, so who's to say? It could just be the circles we live in. And we've all watched it, and we all have takes. Who wants to start Uh, off talking about?
0: (laughs) I don't claim that we all have takes. (laughs) (laughs) My take is it's very good. (laughs) The closest thing I have to a take is that it's the best Paul Walter Hauser performance I've seen. Wow! Oh, that's because that's because I haven't seen Richard Jewell and the other Paul Walter Hauser performances I've seen are bad.
2: This is a great way to start this segment. Is just by
1: <laughs> talking about all PWH. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: At least we're not on um, Twitter. You can't find this one. <laughs>
2: sure. No, but he's
0: good in this one. No, no, he's, he's good. I, I mean, his, yeah, he's really good in yeah, Richard Gould. Yeah, he's not doing his uh, dumbass caricature.
1: I think he's the best white performance in the movie, probably. Yeah, Ooh, that's yeah. probably true. Better I than would, John yes. Renault.
2: Yeah. John John
1: Renault is doing. A lot. I, yeah, yeah, I like how
2: cartoony he is. <laughs> yeah, his second scene is. Uh, yeah, that one might <laughs> be over the, the, the line for me.
1: <laughs> the introduction is good. I think yeah. when he comes back, I feel like a lot of things in the Five Bloods I found it to be weirdly unexplored. But uh... anybody yeah. else have any more solid takes that they want to get out before I get some of? Of why I was not that into the Five Bloods as I wanted as I hoped to be.
2: I'd say you go ahead.
1: Anyone else? Uh,
2: I can I can talk a little bit about. So I I I would say I'm a little less into it than Cullen, but maybe more than everyone else. Um, I think it's yeah. I think it's good. I think um I shamefully have only been recently catching up on Spike Lee I had previous to the last like couple of months I had only seen two of his films uh and I have now seen more Uh, I've watched a bunch in the lead-up to this uh I do think like the visual style of this I think is just tremendous I he he is like a real like visual maximalist he'll like really like do some like very unsubtle things with his camera and I really love the way that he does that and the way that he like ups the theatricality and the the heightened reality of it using his visuals um there's a lot of like playing around with aspect ratios mm-hmm. there's a lot of like use of insert photos there's a lot of use of real life documentary footage um yeah. the uh the you know he when it when it goes into other aspect ratios very oftentimes like the quality of the film will change and it'll get like rainier for old for flashbacks and and memories and stuff um i think the visual sense of it is just really wonderful and especially like when you get to stuff like i like the thing that everyone is talking about is how incredible Delroy lindo is in this movie um who has collaborated with spike lee several times i've i've seen two of those uh he's in crooklyn which he's tremendous in and it was a fantastic movie and he's in clockers um, which is a movie I'm a little more mixed on, but I do think he, uh, Delroy Lindo, is also very good in that. Um, uh, Delroy Lindo is really good in this, and I think the 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 combination of the visual sense of this like gets to a point where like there are points towards the end, and I guess we'll probably go pretty close to full spoilers on this one. It's on Netflix, and I recommend that you check it out if you haven't. Um, he, when when like Lindo is like giving these like very deep, intense monologues directly into the camera, and the camera is just a full close-up on his face. Um, I think it's really overwhelming and sort of, um, uh, like, you know, you can't take your eyes off of it and just so arresting uh, that I, that sort of stuff I really responded to as far as, like, uh, Spike Lee's big, uh, bold filmmaking that I really value so much.
1: Yep. I think I mostly agree all of that stuff. I think to start to get in all the things I'm critical of is to start off, I think Delroy is incredible in it. I think he's given a lot of space and time to shine and I think it's a great performance that deserves some level of award recognition. There's a plane flying over to me. This might be a break. Wait a second.
0: I do have one other take that I'd forgotten about that I'll (laughs) sprinkle at some point. Great. okay It's even worse. Oh, good. God.
1: <laughs> yeah. Again, <laughs> okay, now that the plane has finished flying over me. Yeah. Though so he's really. Okay, so the baseline is he's very good, and I think that is a very interesting character that I think has rarely been explored on screen. And I think only a guy like Spike could like commit his full breath to depicting that mm-hmm. sort of character with the nuance that it deserves and sadly, I also think it ends up being a problem with the movie because I don't think any other aspect of the movie is as well examined as that one and sort of gets a short shrift. Uh, and the link in the group chat where we talk, and the link to a thread by a Vietnamese film critic called Viet Thanh Nguyen that is very good. That helped me clarify a lot of my issues with the movie because when I was watching that, I really couldn't pinpoint exactly what I wanted to say was wrong about it. But I feel for a movie that wants to be as much as it wants to be about, like, imperialism and the, Mm -hmm. like, the torture of just, like, how white Americans tortured both black people and Vietnamese people in Vietnam and how they both treated them equally and how, like, the experience of of war can be reflected the experiences back home. I feel like it does an incredibly short shrift to any sort of Vietnamese character in it. I feel like they're all... Like they're they're all like not unexplored. It's like they're all they all have very bit parts. I feel like there are a couple of interesting ideas that never get really fully thrown out, and I think the movie ultimately settles on having a group of Vietnamese characters be the sort of bad guys of the movie in a way that I kind of get what it was doing. It kind of wants to be this treasure of the Sierra Madre, well the gold corrupted the souls of all these black men, and now they're sort of committing the same violence that they condemned earlier but it still isn't giving those people enough humanity for you to really feel and identify where they struggle which I feel is a problem I also feel like if, apart from Delroy Lindo and also the Clark Peters character whose name I can't really remember is it Paul or is Paul Paul is Delroy Lindo okay Delroy Lindo that's Otis okay it is. Otis. 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 Apart from those, two, I feel like the rest of the five bloods as characters, I feel like I don't really ever like I never got like what yeah. their thing was or like what their characters were fully like. At the ending, it like sort of touches on their lives and like, well, not really the well spoilers for the movie, but on what happened after their death and just like it shows their family and the things they did. And I was just like, huh, I guess this guy had a family and that's what he cared about. I guess that's what his thing was, which felt like it like felt weirdly unclear to me, which just feels weird for a movie that presents itself as so ensembly at first and just how it kind of loses the every non Delroy Lindo character in it. I mm-hmm. feel like especially in the vietnam and more towards my vietnamese characters not getting enough time to shine but like it spends too much time on paul walter hauser and jasper peconin and i forget the name of the actress who plays the white woman in it melanie thierry melanie thierry and it's just like i don't i also i like get what they're supposed to represent but i don't think any of them are giving a particularly deeper interesting performance or i don't think there's much there to really talk about so, it's just like as a port as like as a portrait of this singular man who's like felt wrong and has been dealing with all these things in his life and is conflicted by the things he's done in his past and is maybe taking these like he's like he's a black Trump supporter, and like all of the things that that you can extrapolate from that, I feel like that's an excellent movie that exists within the Five Bloods, but I feel like everything else just gets the short shrift of having to exist under that. And it uh, it just, like, didn't fully sit well with me. Right. I I feel like I had another problem with it that I didn't want. Yeah, I think the music is weirdly not fully great. Like, I think there's good parts, but I think it's all over the place in a way that doesn't feel as interesting to me as maybe Spike thought it was. Mm. Oh, I I, I know what I was going to get into. Which is, I feel like, weird territory for me to get into. But it's it's a comparison I've seen a lot, and I've thought about it a lot recently, especially after reading that thread by the Vietnamese film critic. Which is, there's been a lot of talk about Clint Eastwood recently, and Clint Eastwood especially, in contrast with Spike. And I feel like I can, with this specific movie, I can especially see where that comparison comes from because i feel like this the ideal version of this movie is weirdly actually the clint eastwood version where it's just about this one man and just like everything exists kind of around him and exists within his perspective and it's like the ideal version of the movie is either that version or the movie that is fully like kaleidoscopic touches on multiple characters has multiple interesting performances in it and i feel and despite the way the movie that comes out and the movie that I watched is a movie that really sits in this middle ground between trying to be just like a one man versus the world trying to like be very sympathetic to what he thinks and what his causes and just like and also trying to encapsulate the entire history of the Vietnam War and American colonialism with just like the black experience. Uh, and I feel like the way I felt about this movie is the problems that I have with the few Clint Eastwood movies that I have watched or have heard of. Which is, like, the ce- see, the centrally... Per- like, I think of Sully. Sully is a movie I, that I actually do really like, but I think definitely suffered under this problem. That, like, Tom Hanks in Sully is extremely good i think he gives a great performance and you get all of the emotionality of that situation within tom hanks but in doing that every single other character just sort of exists as Mm -hmm. sort of a thorn in his side or just like a thinly veiled like sketch semi-performance of a person so to tell the story of sully and this sort of feels like it's halfway to that for me where it's like every other character in the movie was done a short shift and to give Delroy Lindo the space he needs to breathe, and I thought that, and I wasn't fully on board with that. That being said, there are great aspects of it. I think Spike is one of our best users of the montage. I think he's an incredible like, sort of historian with the way he depicts very tough images and just the way he links those with music and just like the contrast between the vietnam war and american racism it seems like the jackson ten state massacres i think is very good and very powerful i know some people have issues with his depiction of like him in archival footage showing real life death in his movies which i i could sort of have a problem with it like it's like one of those things where i have a problem with it morally but not artistically i think it's sort of powerful and in intent i think some of the music cues are good. I think the cinematography, as Annie mentioned, is like occasionally very excellent and has some very good moments. I think I, I, I think uh, Ch- Chadwick Boseman, as their departed pa- uh, so, uh, party leader, uh, Storm and Norman, is also very good. I yes, think I there, agree that I think,
0: Chadwick Boseman is really good. I think that the the last scene between him and Delroy Lindo I think is pretty transcendent. Yes despite being uh
2: kind of ripped off from Southland Tales. <laughs> that that scene I actually kind of have a little bit I don't know I don't know how I feel about that scene. Like there's there's definitely a lot going on in that scene and like there's it is deliberately um ambiguous as to like how much of how much it is Chadwick Boseman's actual the person who he is uh his playing and how much like it's a it's you know it's like a memory ghost or whatever for th- mm-hmm. th- that's visiting delory lindo um yeah i mean th- th- there's a lot that happens in that scene out of the conclusion that it comes to i like i definitely feel sort of ambiguous about it it's 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 interesting and i think it might be purposefully that way but it's 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 de- there's definitely that scene is a, like a lot to chew on uh, just on mm-hmm. its own yeah
1: yeah, yeah sure. well, i mean for that scene that's like Spike existing as big as he should and where i like him where it's like a lot is happening and it's very loud and you're kind of confused by the end but i but it's like very emotionally resonant in a way that i very much connected to um other things i like about the movie i think there are scenes where like all four slash four, five of the bloods if you include jonathan majors as one of them are talking that are very like funny yeah. and all those char- all those actors clearly have a lot of chemistry and they're very funny together and do it mm-hmm. and i i just like seeing those faces like clark peters isaiah wickluck jr I just like some of my faves i would watch them do anything i would watch yeah. them sit on a porch and just talk about making movies in the 90s that sounds fun <laughs> yeah but i wish that there was like more of it or just like those characters got enough of a thing to like fully yeah. carry me through to the end See. Yeah, I
2: do I do very much see your point as to like the movie is is sort of caught between those two poles of like telling the story of Paul and and of being like a big sprawling war epic that's like a that is like about all sorts of things. Um I yeah, I mean I guess the idea of Spike Lee, like, maybe biting off more than he can chew or, like, or just throwing a lot of ideas at you to maybe put it in a little, little more positive light, I don't necessarily mean it as a negative, uh, is I think is not a new thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I do, like, the stuff about, you know, uh, imperialism and, and the way that the army used black people, uh, thre- ha- has used black people throughout its history... Uh, I think is is really interesting and really un- un- stuff that's obviously been underexplored in 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 in, in, a, in a lot of uh, mainstream art, um, th- and I'm glad that that stuff is being brought forward. But yeah, I do sort of see it's it it definitely is a movie that where a lot of it I am left like uh s- like puzzled by. A little more than I am being like, oh, like I, I, I get what you're, what you're going with. Um, yeah. and, and I mean,
1: and a lot of good cases with Spike Lee movies, I think the problem puzzle, being puzzled by it is sort of the point, and I kind of enjoy that. I think Bamboozled is certainly a movie that it's not like the taut, the tightest, most like fully thought sure. throughout thing, but I think it's also like very good, and I am like very angry and very resonant in a thing that I in a way that I very much appreciate. I think Chirac is a movie I feel similarly to The Five Bloods, where it's like, these are certainly a lot of ideas. I don't know if you fully got your handle on everything here, Spike, but I think also has a lot of coolness in it. I just, I think going back to once more to the thread, he said something that I think is like, the like encapsulation of what he said I think is very interesting, which is like, for a movie that wants to be a- as critical about American imperialism as it is, it not extending that humanity to the right. Vietnamese people, I think is a weirdly big problem for it to have. And I think it just, it's a movie that clearly exists very much in Spike's perspective and his zone. I feel like this is a thing that he's been criticized on multiple fronts on a lot of his recent movies that it's like he's very good about writing black men and sometimes white men but like women he can often give a short shift to and like or like not fully explore in the ways and give humanity to in the way that he does the rest of his character. Then i feel like it, i feel like that is more openly detrimental to what this movie is doing than it does than it is to those though obviously i'm not like pro that in any movie but i think most of those movies coast by on on being like angry and intelligent and funny in a way that i feel like this sometimes this movie can't but i think it's worth watching i feel like everybody should watch it i feel like if just for the base history lesson i think it's worth watching but there mm-hmm. is also a lot of fun to be had within the two in a like 220 uh running time of this two, movie
3: two hours 35 i think
1: 235 the, within the two hour 35 running time of this movie but, you know spike's one of my faves it's maybe my least favorite of the movies i've watched yet but that is not saying much because i really love all of his movies
3: yeah i um am certainly in no place like to defend a portrayal of like a certain like you know marginalized group or whatever i would maybe i've not read the article that you're referring to uh so i don't have like that to uh like like, double back against. Uh, yeah, I would. We'll make sure my, to, it's a it's
2: a tweet thread. We'll make sure to link to it when we post it on our Twitter. We'll we'll quote tweet it.
3: My uh, instinct is I think it's not as unsympathetic as maybe Emilio does. Um, and also well, I think oh sorry.
1: I, I think to be clear I don't think it's unsympathetic I think. I think Spike, for sure, is trying to depict them in a way that is respectful, and I think he sees... I think I think he knows the story that he wanted to tell. I just don't think any of those people and those, like, plot points are given enough time to, like, seem fully human and get respect on the level that they should, is the thing I wanted to say.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm the only... Like, it is definitely, like... uh. I feel like everyone going in, at least, like, I did for sure, and I think Emilio maybe just, and how he's talking about it, was expecting much more of an ensemble piece just from, like, the title and, like, how it was presented as, like, these four soldiers going back. Um, and I think the movie is so much, it is just, like, the Delroy Lindo movie with, like, Clark Peters maybe being the next, like, most screen time and, like, most, like, fleshed-out character, and then everyone right. else really is just supporting um, but I was more into that, I guess, than like seeing it as something that as a positive. Than Emilio, I guess, seeing it as not a negative, but just not as into it and wishing it were more fleshed out, which is like obviously valid. Um, I just was so into this, like, uh, so into Lindo's performance and how everyone is like sort of reacting to him and like the movie. Uh, I think frames itself in a way like you guys were talking about, uh, or it's a a really smart way with starting with this archival footage of like, you know, these atrocities in a way that uh, I think just because I'd seen it recently made me sort of think of night and fog, but uh, obviously less um, that is like much more movie just about a specific, you know, about the Holocaust and like almost a documentary. Um, where this is like using this real life footage uh, for this fictional narrative. Um, There's a great article by chaos and Collins about uh, the movie that I think uh, covers a lot. What I like about it Um, more like specifically on the uh, like technical side, like Andy talking about the aspect ratio changes. I'm like a real sucker for that sort of stuff. And I thought it was great. Like the set, like because for the first like part of the movie it's all like uh, flashback is like this sort of um you know close cropped aspect ratio i think shot on like 16 millimeter uh like andy was saying like uh, grainy footage and then the present day is like this anamorphic sort of widescreen and then they go to vietnam and it goes like full frame and i was like this rules uh and it use it i think i was very also uh not to just like uh, be anti everything that Amelia had wrong with it I was very into the music choices um but then uh John the Major specifically like I, he got a lot of praise last year for his performance in Last Black Man in San Francisco which I thought was like quite good and deserving of the praise I think I was more in the camp of like I think he's good I thought uh the lead of that movie Jimmy Fields was also like very good and I feel like Jonathan Majors is, like, giving a real performance in that movie. And this one, I was like, oh, this is, like, a much more naturalistic uh, performance that is still, like, very well acted. I was, like, happy to see that he wasn't not, like, not that I would just assume he would be one note as an actor. But I was very happy to see that he, like, is, uh, like, a very, like, full range, like, good actor. Um, I think... uh, I'd be a fool to not yeah, acknowledge... Good. Oh, sorry.
1: No, yeah, he, I was going to say, he's, he's pretty good in it. I think I feel similarly to Colin, where it's, like... A movie like Last Black Man in San Francisco, even though I haven't seen it, it's, like, certainly the sort of thing where you could feel like, well, did they just, like, cast a guy really well, and was he just, like, capable of doing this one thing, and he, they used it really well? And then this one, he was, like, yeah, he's, like, a movie star. He's, like, charming. He can be a movie. He's very yeah. charismatic. Lots of... Jo- Jonathan made your thirst tweets out there recently, I saw. Oh, sure. got some, got yeah, some he's a fit card. god.
3: He's a hype beast. <laughs> uh, Any dabs is what I was going to mention. I'd be a fool to not acknowledge cinematic dabbing. Uh,
0: yeah, to double back a little bit, I think on the Rene comparison, I don't think you've seen Hiroshima, Mon no, no. or but that's the even more obvious comparison okay, that cool. that movie starts off with a montage of documentary footage from hiroshima and yeah i think like
3: it's dumb to say this like any way that this movie feels like it could have been made yesterday because it is like a recent movie but it is so insane like how tied it is into culture and i guess like just proves how uh not cyclical but just like how spike lee's like always on this tip of what is like happening currently and like how it frames this movie specific or frames specifically like to uh the relationship of like uh black soldiers to uh muhammad ali and like malcolm x like in the movie there's the scene where they are about to get in a like or just get or their helicopter had just been shot down and they get the news from uh like hanoi hannah that Uh, Malcolm X was killed or no Martin Luther King Jr. was killed. Yeah. um, Which is like a really powerful scene and like yeah it just I think it explores um, the relationship of like uh, there's like the you know the famous Muhammad Ali speech about like Vietnam like how the Vietnamese never like were racist towards him so why should he fight them and like that relationship of the black soldier in Vietnam and like I think I was at least surprised to, like, I, it's not really in the marketing that uh, Dario Lindo's character is like a classic, like, veteran Trump supporter. But you know, he is black, which is like uh, something that ha- hasn't really been explored in movies at, uh, up to this point. I think Spike Lee is definitely like one of the guys to explore that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And to be clear, I think the music choices are good i think the score is maybe the least of like a Terrence planchard score i he think he did more a... yeah
3: did he do black clansman as well yeah I he's think so. i think he I like does black almost everything
2: with spike, with spike yeah um, i like
3: he's got these like very grand scores i think fits like,
2: yeah there's well definitely a couple of cues this. that i was like very into in this movie um we have, the other music thing that hap- that is big throughout this movie is is the use of marvin gay um mm-hmm. including i think one very striking moment where they just use his isolated vocals yes um which i think is a very effective uh choice
1: uh, but yeah.
3: i'd also recommend watching the five bloods sure yes
2: uh, yeah, a lot to dig into uh, in this one. I think lot lots of conversation to be had. I It is one where I definitely, like, want to get, like, I want to hear all the perspectives. I want to hear the people who really liked it. I want to hear the people who didn't really like it. I want to hear the people who had a lot of problems with it. Like, I, I want to hear them all, because I think there's so much in there to respond to that, like, any response, I'm like, ooh, tell me more, like, and, 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 and I think, you know, it's a big, it's, a, it, it, it I think, in many ways, many of Spike Lee's movies that I've seen are, like, big Rorschach. Uh, test movies and i think that's one of the things that i really value about him is that there's so much that you can dig into and examine and take away and like and and respond to and not respond to in these movies that i that i that i think is 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 really exciting
1: yeah and i guess the thing i will say about him that's in a very positive light in regards to this movie is that it just fully reminded me and cemented in me of just like how much of an interesting, just like in terms of pure filmmaking, how interesting and like how out there he is, and I feel like he doesn't get yeah. as much credit as he deserves. Or something. It's just like like as much credit as like John Luca Godard gets for making like his more recent like essay films that are so like a mm-hmm. lot of montage. Like Spike will give you that in a movie, and he'll also give you a rest of a good movie, and just like the mm-hmm. aspect ratio changes that are all that also like some. Some filmmakers abuse, and other use very, very interesting terms. And like Spike, I think uses very well here, and I think has used very well in other movies like Bamboozled. And he's just an incredibly interesting, just like. I w- I don't think, I think he's been a provocateur in his career. I don't think that's a word I would use for the st- stuff he's doing right now. Yeah, but it's just like he's a, yeah he's an interesting Rorschach test, and I think he's an incredibly. In- talented artists and i think in i think multiple mediums and i think when what spike lee does with film kind of nobody else does or nobody else does is interesting so even a movie that i'm not i don't think is fully there from like ideologically and like from an exploration of his character's perspective i feel like it's incredibly worth watching
0: yeah i haven't had a ton to say maybe partially because i've watched this the most recently but Uh, In way of wrapping up, I'll just say maybe that uh, Spike Lee is one of my favorite directors. I mostly agree with Emilio, I think, in finding this interesting and worthwhile but also slightly disappointing. Uh, So
2: yeah. (laughs) Emilio, you still think it's going to win Best Picture?
1: I'm almost certain it's gonna win best picture (laughs) and i I will be very happy when it does though i don't know i guess if you want to give my full if i want to give my full awards prognostication there is a worry that like maybe Delroy gets all of the credit for it which yeah critically he kind of maybe should and and just like a best actor win win for him maybe gets like it's like wraps all of the movie's love into that but i don't know movie can win best actor in this picture the artist yeah. did it. This movie's better than The Artist. I'll give it, I'll for sure unequivocally say that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah those are my with thoughts. Pleasure. With pleasure. <laughs> okay. great.
2: What a great note to end our discussion of the 5 Bloods on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Think he thinks about The Artist. We can get into that next week. <laughs> Wrap us up, Jesse.
0: You can find our podcast on Twitter at can I Kick It? Can spelled like the festival, as you can see in your podcast app. You can find us on Letterboxd at Can I Kick It? O-D-O-D, like the last two letters of pod. Uh, you can find me on Twitter or Letterboxd at J.P. Glickweber, Weber with two
2: Bs. Uh, you can find me online. My, my name's Andy Grimuga. I've been one of your co-hosts today. Uh, you can find me online at AndyTGerm on uh, most social media platforms that are worth your time. Uh, and yeah, I don't really have a plug this week. I guess, yeah. There's a, I will say, there's a lot, like, there is a lot of Spike Lee available on streaming in general right now, so check out some more Spike Lee in addition to the five blogs is what I will say. As I've been doing it, and it's been a lot of fun. Lot of
3: fun. Yeah. Um... I'm Cullen, actually. I was not here for the intro. I was asleep. But I uh, will <laughs> break my uh, streak of plugging um, a specific foundation that, and move to a different one and plug the Okra Project, which is a 100% grassroots organizer-led initiative with the goal of combating food insecurity in the black trans GNC community. If you go to their Twitter, it's just the Okra Project. They have a link to their PayPal and... Uh, it would be a great place to donate money at times like these. And I watched Rio Bravo a few weeks ago, and that movie's a masterpiece.
1: <laughs> sure. Shout out uh, to Howard Hawks. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm I, I'm Amelia Diaz. You can find me on Twitter at I'm Laugh Alone. You can find me on Letterboxd at I Laugh Alone. Donate money to the Oka project, as Colin said. Read "Blood in My Eye" by George L. Jackson. That's a good book. P2, white bevels a little something. <laughs> apart from, <laughs> apart from that, you've got nothing more to say.
0: All right, then I will go ahead and release our audience.
3: Bye-bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.